Good evening, Jubilee, and everyone out there watching tonight. Surprise, pastor's not here. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I am filling in tonight. He is doing one of our um, fellow members' funerals tonight. Our um, kids' church pastor's mom is um, has passed, and he is doing her funeral. So I am covering tonight. Because when one hurts, we all hurt. Amen? So we have each other's backs, and we are covering for one another. So tonight, you got me. And we are on day 18 of our fast, and we are um, on Ezekiel 37.5, Faith for Revival. So tonight, I will be speaking on the Valley of the Dry Bones, and... I am going to go into Ezekiel 37. We're going to go a little ahead of scripture, and I'm going to speak on Ezekiel 37, 4, and 6, if you want to uh, get into your Bibles and turn there. I'm going to start with uh, verse 4. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And as people of prayer, we have often used this story in Ezekiel 37 as a formula for declaring life into dead situations, relationships, and various issues in our life, which need resurrection power. And though faith is usually exercised in this pronouncement of life, I see another more important factor that is behind the success of Ezekiel's command. And this is this was not just a demonstration of prophetic authority that he had, but a powerful result of a prophetic life that Ezekiel carried. Ezekiel had a history with God. And we need to realize that Ezekiel came to that valley with a history. He didn't just wake up in a vision of dry bones and bring them back to life. He had an amazing journey of surrender, radical obedience, and a sanctified life before arriving. And that is the key ingredient which makes Ezekiel's pronouncement so incredible and the single most important ingredient that is desperately needed today in the church for effective prayer. Without this ingredient, our prophetic pronouncements may be sincere and heartfelt, but it's lacking power. And I want to share Ezekiel's history with you. After Assyria conquered Israel, the Jews were scattered, and Ezekiel lived with other Jewish exiles in Babylonia. They were lost, angry, and without cause. Though he was from a priestly line, the Lord called Ezekiel as a prophet to his people. Unfortunately, God not only told him that the people wouldn't listen to him in chapter 4, verse um, in chapter 2, verse 4, but also that things would get worse before they got better. And isn't that how it usually goes in our lives? The Jews would see Jerusalem fall before they were ready for God's intervention. 
Ezekiel's job was to warn his brethren about the impending destruction and call them back to God. And in doing so, God asked Ezekiel to do some extremely insane things. And I want you guys to pay close attention to the things that the Lord had asked of Ezekiel to do. Ezekiel was to be a signpost to the people in Ezekiel 12, verse 11, meaning that he was supposed to demonstrate God's messages in very specific ways. He was not to simply speak prophetic words, but live a prophetic life by demonstrating humility and a willingness to follow at all cost. People around him would see God's will in action. So let's consider the things Ezekiel, Ezekiel was asked to do. In chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, he was asked to eat a scroll of mourning and lament to have God's heart for intercession. In chapter 3, verses 25 through 27, he was, he was told that he was going to be tied up with ropes in his own home and not be able to speak until the Lord allowed him to. In chapter 4, he was asked to lay on his right side for 390 days, then on his left side for 40 days to symbolize Israel's years of rebellion. Can you imagine doing that? He was asked in chapter 5 to shave his head and beard, which was usually unlawful for a Jew. And then in chapter 11, verses 10 through 13, he was to prophesy death and destruction to his brethren. In chapter 12, verses 1 through 6, he was to pack his belongings and hand dig through the walls to demonstrate what would happen to the Israelites in captivity. To me, this was the kicker. As if these things didn't already test Ezekiel's resolve to humble himself before the Lord in complete surrender and obedience, he was told one more heart-wrenching command. The Lord told Ezekiel he would take his wife with one blow to be assigned to Israel of what would happen to Jerusalem, their beloved city. Ezekiel was told he couldn't even mourn her death in chapter 24, verses 15 through 16. Here was a prophet who had faithfully obeyed every command of the Lord willing to suffer ridicule, scrutiny, and prophesy doom and destruction to his fellow Jews. Now he was told that the love of his life would be taken from him as a sign. Scripture doesn't indicate what Ezekiel's initial response was. All we can assume is that he faithfully trusted the Lord's directives. Just as before, the next chapter simply picks up with the next word the Lord gave him. It is just three chapters later that we finally get to the valley of the dry bones. And this opportunity to see the power of God demonstrated before his eyes came after years of obedience and faithfulness to God's word. It was just the prophet Ezekiel who stood before those dry bones, but the man Ezekiel. This was one who had his history with his God, living out every request and following every directive he was given. And this is the key ingredient that gave him the authority to speak to those dry bones in the valley of death. He had already been there and knew what to do because he had faithfully demonstrated humility, surrender, and faith in God 
Through the years, those bones immediately responded to his words, and a vast army stood before him full of resurrection power. Because of his life of obedience and faithfulness, the man Ezekiel had the authority to raise the dead. And I know we speak here a lot of times about wanting to walk in that power and that authority, but it's going to take radical obedience. I don't care how small of a thing that God asks of us. It, it, it's moving immediately when God asks us. In the smallest thing, if it's somebody asking you to pray, because I know that we always hear, no one's going to pray for your family like you're going to pray for your family. And, and if you're watching through the airways, if, if you're here, don't not come to these times of prayer because you're scared that somebody's going to ask you to pray. That, that's a tactic of the enemy to keep you from coming, to keep you from praying. Because when people ask me, how did you learn how to pray? And I say it's a lot of pain. As I was going through the, through the study, I was, I was battling. I, I had stayed up all night last night, got up this morning, had something completely different to give, redid it all over again. And I began to think about all the things that God had begun to do for my own life. And last time I spoke, I, was, I shared with you guys that, you know, I had lost a lot, Mark and I did. And 15 years ago, we had served as, Mark served as an elder here in the church, and I served as the prayer leader here in the church. But there was moral failure in our marriage. And we did lose everything. And I, I got very angry with God because I had felt like I was doing, we were doing everything that we should have been doing. And I had an image of God. I didn't have a relationship with God. I had what was passed down to me from my mom, from, you know, I've been raised in church all of my life. So I didn't really have um, an a personal encounter with God until I lost everything, until I myself went through, I was in the valley. I was in the valley of dry bones myself. And there were times that the church was everything to us at that time. That's all we knew. We were in the busyness of church. We were, church was our life. We grew up in it. And we had relationships in the church. The church was our family. But when we fell, to us, it was like we were, we were alone. We had nothing. And I began to fight with God and tell God, why have you left us all alone? But God had to really do a work within us, ourselves. And we were stripped of, we got, it was materialism. It was stupid stuff. It was stuff that didn't even matter. I used to always say, oh, I could live in a box if I had to live in a box. Well, we ended up living in a box. We had, we went from, we had it all to completely living in a little box. So weigh your words when you speak because they carry a lot of weight. And I, there were years that it was just my husband and my two children, and it was just us four. We lost relationships with our family, our blood family. I didn't, we didn't speak to either side of our family for years. And I literally was angry at God, like God had done something to me. And it wasn't God. It was, 
I had to learn. God took me. It was a lot of stripping away of years of, of just wrong thinking and wrong relationship and wrong. I had a lot of religion that I had in my life. And God had to really strip me of a lot of things that was in our lives. I mean, we were in a lot of survival mode. We were young teenage uh, kids when we got married. We were in survival mode most of our marriage. There was a lot God had to do between us. But I'll tell you what, there was a lot of people that did not think when things are going good, it's easy to love somebody. But it isn't until you hit rock bottom that you know what you have. And you can say that you stand on the word of God just like today when this COVID thing's going on. Everybody's spewing out all these these nice little sayings, but we are in deep, we are in the trenches of, of devastation and people don't believe the word of God. It took me to really listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit to have my marriage completely restored. I had a lot of people that said they believed the Lord criticize my marriage and tell me there's no way that I that that this was our marriage was ever going to make it but I can tell you that it was strategically listening to the voice of God and hearing him speak to me and and doing things exactly the way the Holy Spirit said to do it just like Ezekiel the things exactly the way that Ezekiel was told to do things that's exactly how the Holy Spirit spoke to me when he told me to strategically do things for my marriage. And that is why we stand here today in February celebrating 30 years of marriage. But it was a battle. It was not without being humbled and stripped and allowing the Lord to, hum we were so humbled. And here, here it is, we came full circle. There was a lot of hurt. I could have held on to the bitterness he could have held on to the bitterness, and God brought us right back to where we started. And God has fully, completely restored us because we let go of all the hurt and the pain in relationships here and relationships between each other and with our family members. And it, it wasn't easy. I'm not going to say it was easy. It was hard because the very ones that we, we thought were there for us weren't, but it had to happen that way. It had to. But when you humble yourself and you allow God to truly, I mean, truly humble you, God gives you an empowerment and he gives you a strength and he does things in your life. I mean, there's things that he's done in our life that I stand in awe and I, I can tell you that I can look upon this man and, and see him in a way that I have, I've never looked at him before. And vice versa, I can, I can speak and say that. But God has restored our relationship. God has restored our home. He's restored our finances. He's restored, he's restoring our children. The enemy's trying to come at them, but he is restoring our children. There's, he's, he came against our daughter who, just like the Valley of Dry Bones, she broke every bone in her body. They did not think she would walk again. And God She's walking today. I mean, her bones were like Swiss cheese. They said she would not walk. And I know it was the hand of God that, has ha that he has had on my children. 
because we have dedicated them girls to the Lord. The enemy doesn't stop fighting. But when you yield yourself in the presence of God and listen to those to the voice of the Holy Spirit and you and you are obedient to his voice. You carry and he gives you an empowerment. There's something that he gives you. I'm telling you just like he did Ezekiel. It's not just being able to pray. It's can you imagine walking into just like I mean this whole covid thing. It uh, there's death all around us. If we want to walk and lay hands on the sick, we need to yield ourselves in his presence so that we can lay hands on the sick and see them recovered. Because there's devastation all around us in these in these right now. There's so much going on and we have what this world needs. We keep repeating it. We keep re we keep saying it. But we have it. I want I I couldn't even imagine. I mean, the vision that that God had given him to walk into this devastation in this army of completely dry and watching the bones come together, watching the muscles come back together. I think I would freak out. <laughs> but I mean, that's what we have. God wants to give us that. It is in just three chapters later, I told you that the value, the opportunity to see the power demonstration before his eyes came after his obedience and faithfulness to God's word. Because he had faithfully demonstrated his humility, surrender, and faith in God through the years, those bones immediately responded to the word and the vast army stood before him. Because of the life of obedience and faithfulness, the man Ezekiel had the authority to raise the dead. And I want that kind of power. Today, we have a huge valley of dry bones before us in our communities, our cities, and our nation, just like I was saying. We see biblical values dying, the decay of morals and absolutes, as well as complete absence of the fear of the Lord. We desperately need supernatural intervention, the power of resurrection life, and a revival of passion for the Lord. Though we know that God can raise the dead to life, the question is, can our prophetic declaration be backed up by our personal history with God? Do our lives reflect consistent surrender and absolute obedience to what he's already said? Have we so focused on the formulas of words and presumed rights to spiritual authority that we have totally missed the most important ingredient? The strongholds that we face today and the principalities that are threatening our communities and nation will not be overcome by a power confrontation. It will not be a test of the wills or the level of passion or the hours of prayer that will determine the outcome. The enemies of God will be defeated by a holy and humble people who have demonstrated the rule of God through their lives and practices. It is a righteous life that will totally disarm the enemy and release the power to bring new life. These are not just values, but heart issues that must be tested and tried just as they were Ezekiel. And I pray that the words of God spoke to, that God spoke to Ezekiel about Israel would be true for us today. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations. The name you have profaned among them, then the nations will know that I am Lord declares the sovereign Lord when I am proved holy through you before their eyes and that's Ezekiel 36 23 and I want to share this song with you guys um, about the valley of the dry bones 
that Elevation Church wrote that I thought was very fitting that goes with um, this message. Listen to the words of this song.
Hallelujah. Make you want to shout? Yes, stand with me, guys, so we can pray. Resurrect some bones tonight. Yes. Just lift your hands with me and begin to worship the Lord, and we're going to pray tonight. And just anything that you feel is dead tonight, shout it out to God and just ask God to resurrect the dead things in your life, in this nation, in marriages, our children, in this church. Just just speak it out to the Lord tonight, you guys. Come in agreement with me tonight. Father, I desire, Lord God, anything dead tonight, Lord God, I ask that you would breathe upon it, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I desire to walk with resurrection authority in my life, God. I want to have the testimony of Ezekiel, Father, and being faithful and true to your word, God, even when it's costly, God. Why would I want something that costs me nothing, God? It's going to cost us something, Father God. And I pray, God, that we are willing to pay the price, Father God. Give us the desire, Father God, to pay the price to come humbly before your presence, Lord God, and lay before you, God, lay at your feet, Father God, and sit there, Lord God, humbly, Lord God, in your presence, Lord God. Forgive us, Lord God, when we have not been obedient, God, to the words you have spoken to us, Lord God. Grant us, Lord God, grant me a willing and obedient heart to follow your commands, Lord and to trust you with the outcome, Lord God. Even though so many times, Lord God, it looks horrible, Father God. The enemy rages, Lord God, with the battle, Father God. He makes things look so horrible, Father God. But you raise a standard against him, Father God. There is no weapon that he is forming that can prosper against your people, Father God. And I thank you, Lord God. I thank you because he has been defeated already, Lord God. And we petition your courtroom tonight, Father God. I petition you, Father, Lord, for your people, Lord God. I pray, Father God, every dead thing, every dry bone in this place, Lord God. Everything that looks dead, Father God. We speak life into it in the mighty name of Jesus. God, every believer in this place, Lord God, that the enemy has raged war against their homes, Father God, against their children, Father, in their marriages, against their jobs, Father, those who have lost their jobs during this pandemic, God, those who have been sick in their bodies, Father God, I speak resurrection life. I cancel assignments of the enemy, Father God, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper, God. And I pray, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray prophesy life right now in Jesus' name. I speak life, God, life abundantly, Father God. By your stripes, Lord God, your people are healed in Jesus' name. Resurrection life come forth, Father God, in Jesus' name among your people, God. I bless you, God, and I thank you for you're a good father. You restore, you revive, you renew, you refresh, God. And I speak that into this atmosphere, God. I speak life into this atmosphere, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. We bless you, God. We thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for brothers and sisters that come together, Father God, to come in agreement, Father that come corporately, Father, through the airwaves, Lord God, here physically, Lord God, your faithful servants, Lord God, your remnant, God, who are hungry for change, Lord God. I thank you for their lives, Lord God. Bless them, Lord God. 
meet the needs of their life, God. Each and every person here, God, meet the needs of their life, God. I thank you, Lord God, because you're touching. You have given us a praise report for Patty, Lord God. I thank you for the healing virtue that flows through her life, Lord God. I thank you for what you're doing in her life, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for that praise report today, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for your words of life, God. I thank you, God, for your words that you gave me to speak today. That I would not bring any harm to it, Lord God, but that it would bring life, Father God, to your people. That it would sit, Lord God, in their spirits, God. And that it would, that it would, Lord God, just, just take root and that it would grow, God. That they would water it, Father God, in Jesus' name. Oh, God, I pray such a blessing over these people, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Bless them, God. Bless our pastor, Father God, as he's at this funeral. Bless uh, uh, Pastor Greg, Father God. I pray, God, that your peace would be upon this family, Lord God, as they're grieving, Father. Oh, God, for we, some of us know how it feels to lose a mother, God. And I pray your peace that passes all understanding, God, would go now, Father God, and comfort him, God. Oh, comfort the family, Lord God, as the days approach and the months come, Father God. For some of us know how it feels, God, to lose a mother, God. So I pray, let your peace hover him, Lord God, right now. Give pastor words that comfort, God. Give him words of wisdom, God. Words of wisdom, God, that he would be able to speak a word in due season, God. Give him a boldness and a strength and an endurance, Father God, to do your will today, God. Be with, with, with uh, his family, his children, and his wife, God. Bind them together during this time with cords of love. We come against the enemy, Father God, that would try to distract them, Father, from your purpose. Oh, God, I pray, bind this congregation together, Father. Bind each and every one of us together, Father, as we have been seeking your face through this fast, God. I pray, Lord God, that you, Lord, do your perfect will concerning, Lord God, your congregation. As you teach us to humble ourselves in your presence. As you teach us, Father God, to do your will. As you speak to us, Lord God, help us to move immediately, Father God. As you teach us to, to God, be obedient to your voice, God. Your people know your voice, God. And no other voice we will cling to, God. Let your word be so rich to us, Father God, as we study it. I pray, God, that it would be food to us, Lord God, that we desire your spirit and the things of your spirit so much more as your days approach. Oh, God, give us a desire, Father, for more of you, more of you and more of your ways and more of your things. God, help us to be, Father God, sensitive to the needs of each other, sensitive, Father God, to one another, God, just Help us, God, to break the barriers down between each other, God, that we would have true, unconditional love with one another.
Help us, Father God, to reach out to one another, God. Break these barriers down, God, that the enemy so many times places between us, God. I pray, God. I come against and I cancel, God, the spirit of division, God, amongst your body, Father God. Break every wall down, every chain, God. I plead the blood of Jesus, God, buckets of the blood of Jesus over your people, God. I dip arrows, God, in the blood of Jesus and shoot them towards the enemy's camp, God. Bring confusion to his camp, God. Reverse the assignment of the enemy against your congregation, Lord God. Stir up the gifts in this congregation. Stir up, Father, God, love, God, unconditional love. God, that just anything that keeps us, Father, God, from walking in your ways. God, I pray anything that keeps us from seeing and hearing, God, your voice, God, I pray remove the veil. Remove the veil, Father, God. Let us hear and see it your way, Father. Oh, God, break us in your presence, God. Give us that humility, God, that we need. Help us to be vulnerable, Father God, to one another and humble, Father, in your presence. Father, every need that has been posted, Father, on our website. I'm not even going to lift my eyes open, God, but you see every person that has called in for a need, Father God, that has a need, that's been in the hospital, Father God, that is sick in body, God. That's not the way you want your people to leave, Father. I cancel every assignment of the wicked one. God, I bind every spirit of sickness, every spirit of sickness and disease, Father God, from the enemy. The sickness is not of you, God. I cancel it in the mighty name of Jesus. And I loose your balm of, of healing oil, Father God, over the ones I can remember, God, Tammy, Father God, and my sister, God, over her back, God. And, and, and the pastor's wives, Father God, and those that have, have suffered loss, Lord God, grief, Father God, I pray your healing oil, Father God, would touch them, reach down, Father God, and minister to them. Our elderly, Father God, reach down, Father God, and bring comfort to them, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, God, that they would know they have not been forgotten, Lord God. That they would sense your Holy Spirit all around them, Father God. Oh, Lord God, that you would perform a mighty miracle, Lord God. That you would show off, Lord God. Show off, Lord God, that your hand, Lord God, would come down and show off, Lord. Oh, be with your people, God. I cannot thank you enough for the faithful ones that come every single day. God, I thank you. I praise such, such an awesome blessing, God, over their life. God, you see. Oh, God, you see the faithful. You see the faithful. 
something about someone's character when they're faithful. Oh, God, I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you. You see, God, what we do in secret. You see what we do in secret. Yes, God, I thank you. I thank you. Oh, you have not forgotten us, God. I sense you so strong in this place tonight, God. I thank you. I thank you, God, because even with all of my reservations, all of my fears, God, you still remain faithful and show up every single time. Thank you, Father. You're so good. You are so good, Father. Thank you, Father. I thank you for this church. I thank you for my leadership, God. Raise up, God, men, God, men who stand behind my pastor, God, men who lift his arms up, God, when he's weak, men, Father God, who stand for righteousness, for Lord God, who stand for your word uncompromisingly, men, God, who are not ashamed of the gospel, Men who love their wives, men, God, who who stand in a nation, God, who, who, God, are so compromised at this time, God, but men, Father, who stand on the virtues and, and the statutes of your word, God, men who love their children and love their families, God, raise up men, God, bring them, bring them from the north, south, east, and west, God, bring them, raise the men up that we have here in our congregation, Raise up our men, God, and raise up our women, our, our helpmates, God. Raise up our women, God, who speak life to our men, who speak life. They speak life, God, to our men. Oh, God. And, Lord, we thank you because our children are coming home. We thank you, God. I thank you, God, because they're coming. I'm not asking you to bring them, God. They're coming. And I thank you for the harvest of, of, of children that are coming back home. God, I thank you. I thank you, God, for our prodigals. I thank you. I thank you, God, because you're moving. Oh, God, even though, Lord, the enemy thinks that he has the upper hand, he doesn't. God, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for our grandchildren, Lord, that you're raising up. I thank you for our grandchildren, God, that are going to be bold for your kingdom. I thank you. I thank you. Oh, Lord, and I thank you for Tracy and Susan, Lord God, who have come every day, Father God, for the sound system, God. I thank you, Father, for their faithfulness. I pray a special anointing over them, God, that they would not miss out, Father God. I pray an anointing, Father God, over them, Lord God, and their families, Lord God. They come after hours, Lord God. I pray, God, anoint them, Father God. Bless them, God. Everything they set their hands to do, let it prosper. Oh, I pray, God, financially, Lord God, bless them. Their marriages, their children, bless them, God. I thank you for their lives. And I thank you for this time, Father God. Go with each and every one tonight, Father God. 
Be with them, Lord God. Give us your traveling mercies, Lord God. Let your presence go with us, Lord God. Continue to speak to us. Speak to us in the night seasons, in the morning, Lord God. During the day, Lord God. Continue to speak to us, Father God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for meeting with us here. For being with us. For giving us your presence. I thank you, Father. You're so good to us. We love you, Father. And we thank you. And we honor you. And we bless you. Just bless them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.